Cat and Moose podcast. I'm Cat and I'm Moose. This is a true life podcast where we explore the quirks of being human. Hey Cat. Hey Moose. Is there a pair of boxers laying in the floor of your office? <laughs> <laughs> Bell Bell wants to be on the podcast. She really badly does want to be on the podcast. Um no, that that is a box of sploot loops. Um, and sploot loops are, um, it's actually a toy that came in, uh, my dog's last bark box. Oh, you sound like you're going to promote something. Well, I'm not going to promote anything. And I will say that in our show notes, if you're interested in bark box, um, you can, um, help out the cat and moose podcast to become more world famous, um, by using our affiliate link and getting your dogs their own bark box. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on with sarah's hair lately oh i think it's so rad it's getting long and curly it's just wild it's wild remember that time you had a shaved side of your head and then the other side was long yeah i've i've had some phases with my hair <laughs> was that like the phase when you were confused about yourself so you were like i need my hair to look like my insides probably it's like party on the side Business on the side. <laughs> well, party on the left, <laughs> business on the right. <laughs> party on the side, business on the side. I do a lot of side work. Uh, a lot of side work. <laughs> I'm getting good at, at side lying massage, Sarah. Aha, uh -huh, see what you did there. Yeah. What is Just a little side note. I... <laughs> Side side massage. That sounds like we're getting in a uh, gray area. Besides. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone is officially tuned out. Yes, no one is listening because they're <laughs> expecting a dog promo. And they realize we haven't mastered anywhere near anything like the English language. Uh, Have any of you guys been outside today? <laughs> no, but I've been inside. <laughs> I've had my insides brought outside my body. Why? Did you have surgery? I had therapy today. Oh, mental surgery. Yeah. I thought maybe you sneezed. No. I thought it was your hernia. <laughs> <laughs> it finally came out. It popped through the surface. <laughs> it's like, oh, God, it reminds me of like on an air mattress or like an inflatable toy or whatever. How, you know, once the, you just undo it, everything comes out. But. Wow, that would be like your intestines. Exactly. It, yeah, it, it actually is a bit of my intestine that is um, protruding out behind the abdominal I can't, wall. can't take it. I really can't. You need to have it. your little guy from behind your uh, rib cage <laughs> just do a little like <laughs> yank in there and pull it back. <laughs> Call upon him. I do. My little, my little green guy, he's one of the worker guys, and that's what they do. They just go in and fix shit. So I, I need him to go fix that. <laughs> He needs to extend his go go gadget arm and grab that thing and pull it back inside of you. Maybe if you swallowed two magnets. And no, he, he could put no, them. Do not listen to her. <laughs> this is a terrible idea. <laughs> Don't do that. Anybody listening ever. You know, I just bought these little circular magnets um, to help hold those little like under shelf lights, you know, the under shelf lights that can illuminate your shelf. I mean, that's the their, your counters. Yeah. Are we talking like, oh, like an under shelf light? Are we in? Yeah. <laughs> are we in code right now? Are you talking about your downtown? No, Lord, no. <laughs> you don't have lights down there? No, <laughs> no. Not yet. She just bought magnets. <laughs> oh, man. So tell me about your under shelf lights. <laughs> I'm just saying, I have these little magnets that I bought in order because the sticky stuff on the, the back side of the light um, isn't sticky enough to hold it up there, which like, why do you use that? Why do you put that on the thing manufacturer if it's not going to work properly? So I bought I these little round magnets and I was just thinking I could swallow a couple of them. Don't ever, don't ever do it. Like, I think you should put one on your tongue and swallow the other 
And then everything, <laughs> like, I really think that your, um, what's it called? My insulin pump? <laughs> no, your, your protrusion. <laughs> my, my hernia. Yeah, it'll suck right back in. Yeah, I think it will too. And it also, I'll have magnets in my body and so my insulin pump will turn into the Starship <laughs> Enterprise. That's as bad of an idea as a, like swallowing bleach. You try <laughs> just a real bad idea. Well, that's different. Bleach, you're definitely going down. Like a magnet, you're going to pass that. Remember no. when I swallowed the nail? What if two magnets get stuck together inside of your body? Well, they that will get is, stuck together and then come out of your no, system. It could hurt. It could catch other things i think just think if you went next week when you get on the plane and you go through the metal detector and like you just like <laughs> woo, woo. it just slams you up against it over and over like whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. <laughs> ma'am there is something that is a little uh <clears throat> dislodged <laughs> do you know that um never mind what what if like the metal detector gets magneted magneted <laughs> To your butt because of it. It just is like, well, that would suctioned stuck. Here's what would happen is it would cause me to miss my flight, which would cause me to miss the conference that I'm going to, which would cause me great joy. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm sure all the artists you represent who listen to this podcast just feel really loved right now. Yeah, I bet they do. And I feel really loved because I know none of them are listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, it all comes back around, doesn't it? You laugh because it's true. <laughs> oh. All right. On with y'all. Goodbye. Goodbye. Production excess. Mm. <laughs> She's getting weirder and weirder, Kat. Sarah is or just live? <laughs> just Sarah. <laughs> Amazing. I've never met anyone that loves their lawn and plants like she does. I think it is an escape mechanism. Well... No, I think she legitimately loves them. Oh, I do too. With her heart. Like I got a 15 minute tour around the house yesterday <laughs> with each plant and what it is that they love. You know, some like more light, mm -hmm. less water, all of that. And it was, uh, it was, uh, I, I don't need to go to Cheekwood, um, <laughs> which by the way, those of you not in Nashville, Cheekwood is our uh, botanical gardens. Um, I can just look at Sarah's plants all the time. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I, I think you're in a really good situation there. You it's a lot like prison, but I can leave. <laughs> well, they feed you. They give you square meals, four square meals a day or something. Mm. So we're paying for an extra meal a day for prisoners. Well, maybe it's three. While many TV shows and movies depict American prisoners as eating poor quality food, inmates within the Federal Bureau of Prisons are provided three nutritionally sound meals each day. Reference, prisonresource.com. Do you want to tell our listeners about the time you got arrested? <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't have that in my show notes today. And if you want me to tell the story, I will, because it was pretty awesome. I really think you should, because I've never officially been arrested i've been in a couple cop cars but um <laughs> you've been arrested and we'd love to hear about it yeah i i have been arrested <laughs> thanks for taking me back to the good old days um so as as you are well aware moose and um anybody who listens who remotely knows me at all um i uh grew up and still am a very big wilson phillips fan like i absolutely love their harmonies um i have grown to love them individually as human beings because i have met each of them several times now and um there was one point in my career where um china was uh starting a christian music group and <laughs> <laughs> named named china and vaughn like for what this is worth like i remember as all this was developing and the first time you told me and i legitimately thought that you were punking me like i <laughs> because i knew how much you loved wilson phillips and you were like I mean, this is the way things come back around. And I was like, she's not starting a Christian group. And you're like, yes, she is. Yeah. 
Yep. Yeah. And um, and she did with a, a friend named Vaughn. And they started this group called China and Vaughn. And um, I was doing some consulting work for them, helping them um, shop it around town. And so in light of that, um, at that point in my career, I was still in that place financially where I was making decisions between do I have the electricity cut off or do I have the water cut off? You know, like I was <laughs> that that was the level of success that I had achieved at that point. So, um, so and by the they- way, I can actually say that that is true because I lived with you <laughs> and I remember one specific time I called you. This was before texting and said something like, um, hey, I think there's a, a bad storm in the area because we don't have electric and you were like oh we probably didn't pay it (laughs) (laughs) and not because it was forgotten or just missed it was because like there was no money (laughs) right oh man so anyway, back then I drove um, a red Jeep Liberty that I had bought from CarMax. Um, and I loved that car. Like I really, really loved that car. And so um, knowing that I had to go to the airport and pick up China and Vaughn, um, I went to the car wash to wash my car and, you know, vacuum it out and all of that. Cause you don't want royalty in a dirty car. Right. <laughs> and so, um, what would have been classy for me to do would have been to like hire a Lincoln town car, you know, cause Uber wasn't around back then, but I didn't, I was like, no, I'll just go pick them up in my Jeep because that's cool. And, um, and so I went to the car wash and I was, uh, hand washing my car and vacuuming out my car. And this police officer pulled up and he was like, uh, ma'am, I've been watching you from across the street. And I'm like, well, that's creepy. Like, <laughs> what? okay. Am I doing a good job on my car? Like, what's the deal? And he said, I just want wanted to make you aware that your license plate is expired. And I was like, oh, shit, like I'm terrible at stuff like that. And so I said, oh, my gosh, thank you for letting me know. I'll I'll get it taken care of right away. And he's like, get it taken care of in 30 days. I'm just going to write you a warning. And I said, "Okay." And so he went away and I, you know, continued vacuuming out my car. And here a few minutes later, woo, 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 woo. I mean, like he like did like this U-turn and squealed back into the car wash. And I was like, what in the heck is going on? And he totally his whole demeanor changed. And he was like, ma'am, I'm going to need you to step out of the car. And I was like, uh, for what? Like, I, I know my license plate is expired. And he was like, ma'am, there is a warrant out for your arrest. And I was like, what in the hell? What Was it those math charges? No, I've never, I've never been charged of anything illegal like that. And so, um, so anyway, the conversation continued. And basically what we learned is I had paid a traffic ticket several years before that. And it had been um, filed as if I hadn't paid it. And so this little town between Nashville and where my mom lives in Alabama had put a warrant out for my arrest because I didn't pay a traffic ticket. So I had a warrant out for my arrest for like two years. And it just happened to be on the, the day that I'm picking, you know, a third of Wilson Phillips up from the airport in my red Jeep is the day that I get thrown in jail. So he literally... He said, I said, please, I live so close to here. I said, if you're going to take me to jail, can I at least drop my car off at my house? (laughs) And so he said, "Uh, yeah, sure. And so he followed me to my house. I dropped my car off. And then he put me in handcuffs and put me in his car and he took me to jail. A couple things here. He should have not put you in handcuffs. That's insane. Secondly, we need to drive down to Alabama and bitch slap Whatever county clerk is sitting in there going, oh, there's an outsider. I found an outsider who didn't pay her ticket. I'm going to put her a ticket in here for a warrant. And she's probably got a lot of money living in Nashville, Tennessee. Exactly. Exactly. She was going to she was going to stick it to me, man. And she did. And so um, anyway, so I was there. This happened at about 10 o'clock in the morning. And so I was there for several hours and um, ended up having several conversations with several, you know, like assigned attorneys. And then the police officer that was in charge of the jail waiting room wouldn't let me check my blood sugar. And it was just all this like really messed up 
up situation. Long story short, within five minutes of the time that I was supposed to pick a third of Wilson Phillips up from the airport, um, I, by God, showed up in my Jeep <laughs> dressed for a formal dinner at the Nashville airport and had been in jail all day. <laughs> Did you tell them or did you tell them like after no. the fact? Uh, no, I, I told everybody way after the fact. Oh, my God. I I didn't know that until like quite a while afterwards. Um, But I what was it like to actually be in jail? Um, it was it was really um, it was scary. It was like being in a giant waiting room, like at a doctor's office, except everybody was kind of looking at each other like, what'd you do? Mm what'd you do? And then everybody was looking at me like, why are you here? <laughs> you know, like, what did you do? Did you like murder somebody or something? And <laughs> there were people who were actually working like inmates who were working, who would, and I watched this cause I had to sit there for several hours and, and wait on justice to be served. And, um, there were inmates who would go and, uh, go into the bathroom and then they would come out and all of a sudden the whole room would smell like cigarettes. And so there were people in the waiting room who were feeding cigarettes to the inmates through like putting them on the toilet in the bathroom. And I'm like, how there's like seven police officers in here. Like, how do people not see that this is going on? And it was just this like total undercover op operation to to share cigarettes with one another. It was wild. Is that how you got out early? <laughs> no it's not it's, i escaped <laughs> oh my god no. that would be the best what if you were still a fugitive <laughs> i may still be <laughs> so wait no. what were they waiting on like the paperwork or like what what was the issue were you did you have to get bailed out i did well kind of not bailed out um i ended up basically you know, appealing to the judge guy that I talked to, I explained to him what happened. And he was like, are you telling me that you for sure paid this ticket? And I said, I'm telling you with 100% accuracy and certainty that I'm paying this ticket. And so um, he went and looked into it. And it was another person with a social security number that was one number off from mine. And they had it queued in like in my record or something. So I was falsely arrested, spent the whole day in jail and still showed up for a formal dinner and landed the deal. Well, my gosh, you're like a you're like a walking um, victim of the Innocence Project. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, if you are a patron, we just want to say thank you because Originally, this money was going to like help pay our web streaming fees and things like that. But really, it's just a bail bond in case one of us gets in trouble. <laughs> so thank you so much for your support of Cat Moose and producer Sarah. Okay, speaking of organizations that provide um, cool stuff to the world and to the community, um, I had another opportunity this week that I wanted to share with you, Moose. Tell me. Well, do you remember back during COVID when I got to sit right next to Dr. Burks? Oh, uh, yes. I was like so angry that you didn't invite me because I would have like, even though it was over Zoom, I would have done like the Brady Bunch thing where I look at her the whole time and people would just <laughs> see me staring at her. But yes. Did you get to hang out with her again? No, I didn't get to hang out with her. This week, I got to do something similar with Dr. Francis Collins, and he taught me about something that is called the COVID Community Core, and it's WeCanDoThis.org. And it's an organization, um, obviously a nonprofit organization, that basically supports um, and encourages people to get the COVID vaccine. And it's something that like all these different organizations and companies all over the, the country have bonded together to say, hey, everybody go get vaccinated. It was quite an educational conversation. So what was the purpose of the, the Zoom to like spread the word about the organization? It wasn't actually. The purpose was to gather people from the creative community, specifically the faith-based creative community, and to give them the opportunity to have an audience with Dr. Collins and ask him questions. Because I think that, you know, he and the Office of Faith-Based Initiatives in Washington, D.C., you know, they go, hey, these people have a platform. Let's let them hear, you know, what what's really going on, like from the horse's mouth so that they can share that with their their community. And, and so people ask questions like, 
you know, is the vaccine safe? Does the vaccine include cells from aborted fetus? Does the vaccine, you know, is RNA something that's going to cause us to grow eight arms in 10 years? And like, you know, there were lots of questions like that. And um, one of the things that he said while educating us that none of those things are are in fact true, um, he said that 90% of the medical uh, practicing population in the United States have been vaccinated. So if our doctors, physicians, nurses, frontline medical people, if 90% of them are going, hey, man, the vaccine is safe, I think that can give us a lot of confidence. Um, another thing that he said is he said, um, what is fascinating to me is what science and art have in common. And they have in common that they're both in search of something beautiful. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. I thought it was pretty neat. Well, what's interesting is I don't know enough about this, but that's what we do is we talk about things like we're experts when we don't know a lot about them. I'm kidding. Um, but the RNA thing is just insane. Like it's it's mm -hmm. basically if you from what I understand, if you have a disease that could possibly have a vaccine um, to keep you from getting sicker. You just need the code of the sickness, mm -hmm. right? And yep. they can create an RNA, mm -hmm. um, you know, to counteract it. And so, yeah, I'm I'm like fascinated with RNA right now and all these different things that have to do with how, you know, they can help us cure. So I, all that to say, I'm more of an art gal than a science gal. But lately, by the way, I don't call myself a gal. That's what Southern <laughs> people do. And so I'm being sarcastic. But Lately, I have been very fascinated with science. Well, I love that. What are you learning? Like, what else are you learning about science? Well, I'm just, as you know, right now, I'm obsessed with the solar system. And I was reading recently, you know, I have a hard time learning. Like, if it doesn't immediately connect to, like, a proactive thing happening in my life, it's hard for me to retain knowledge. Uh, and I've always been that way. Like I basically would study right before a test because I thought that if I had a photographic memory, I could remember it. But if it was about like the ruins in France after a war, like I didn't care at that time, you know, my mm -hmm. life. So mm -hmm. all that to say, I know you and producer Sarah have told me like what the mercury and retrograde and all that stuff means, but I really either haven't listened or just haven't retained it. <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. Um, but somebody said on some Instagram thing the other day that it's a lot like um, when something goes in retrograde, it's it's like two steps forward, one step back sort of situation. Mm -hmm. And so it not only goes backwards for a moment, but sometimes it just stays still. Mm -hmm. And then it the way they described it is it retraces its path. And they were talking about how if you can think about things being in retrograde, as retracing your path, it's not necessarily such a bad thing. Yes, mm -hmm. things can be chaotic and they can be in disarray and all those things. But I like I had a full on breakdown a couple days ago. It was only about 15 minutes and I was just crying and then it turned into missing my mom and all of those things. And the final thing I said out loud was Mercury's in retrograde. <laughs> And it's interesting because I think when you're, I, I know like less than 1% about astrology, but I'm fascinated with astrology and astronomy. And I do believe like more than ever, I feel very connected to everything that's happening in the universe. Hmm. And I, I think the positive for me is I used to be very connected with all the pain that's happening in the universe. Like I, I really backed away from watching the news. Um, and that's huge for me because I was like a 24 seven, have it on mute in my office type person. Right. And yeah. And so now I feel like more what I'm doing is just recognizing like, Oh, my life is connected to other people. I don't actually have to carry all of their pain too. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. That's really beautiful, Moose. It reminds me of um, some of the stuff that we've talked about on the podcast and episodes past about, you know, kind of five element theory and like, you know, kind of the Taoist philosophy and stuff like that, that all of nature is one with itself. And it reminds me of that meditation that I did a couple of weeks ago that our listener Chris told me about where, where I said, you know, at one point in the meditation, it invited you to consider that all of the universe was within you. And, and you were able to hold all of the universe. And I remember having a similar thought to what you just described of like, I would in, in my past, I'm going to sit in my past lives. <laughs> I can handle that. <laughs> in other iterations of myself, I would have taken that to mean, oh my gosh, I'm encompassing all of the pain and suffering in the universe. And this time I didn't see it that way either. This time I thought, oh, as the the wind blows through the trees, that's beautiful. And that's within me. And, and as the full moon ha- experiences a lunar eclipse, like it did the other night, it's like, that's really beautiful. And that's within me, you know? So I love that both of us, obviously on, on separate journeys and together as, as podcast partners and friends. Like, I think it's really cool that both of our perspectives have seemed to move a a little bit away from all of the immediately thinking of all the pain and suffering and more into like maybe the, the beauty and the rhythm of nature. Yeah. I, and honestly, I've, um, I've always appreciated like the beauty in nature, but I also, uh, I've never really embraced it or under, like had that understanding that I'm connected to it all. And and that's, that's like a whole thing for me because I, I feel like, um, evangelicals sometimes I like to say evan, not evangelical. <laughs> um, I feel like sometimes they're so afraid of the language of like the universe, like that panics them when somebody, mm-hmm. instead of saying God or the divine or whatever, well, they don't like the divine either. That's trust yeah, or me. spirit. I've said that before. Um, but God forbid that you say universe and then they automatically are like, oh, they watch Oprah Super Soul Sunday. That's where they're getting that language from is Deepak Chopra and, you know, whatever, whatever. And it's like, wait a minute. Hold up. Let, let's let just back up for a moment. If it wasn't the Big Bang Theory and the Holy Spirit of God and Jesus and the powers that be in the divine created this, then why would we not honor what's happening in the Mm -hmm. universe? And I mean, honestly, like I was watching the show the other day. I mean, I've become this person guys. Like I, I watch history channel and I, I, I watch shows specifically about the solar system. And it's like, if you look at just the Milky way, it's the, I mean, that's our solar system and it is only one of crazy amount of solar systems that, I mean, they, they said, even if we were trying to communicate with an alien, say there was an alien in another solar system, it would actually take 30 years. We have the device to do it, but it would take 30 years. And we've tried it actually to communicate with that solar system, but it takes that long for even that message to get there. Mm-hmm. So by the time it would even give back, you're assuming that person who sent it is still alive or somebody's still tracking it. <laughs> Uh-huh. And it's like, think about that, how big that this universe is. And why is it so uh, uncomfortable for people to connect that to God? Well, and and I think that's a really great question um, because I said something the other day that I said it for shock value and I also really meant it. I said, I really think that Jesus um, practiced Taoist philosophy. Oh, really? Yeah, I really do. I, I think that, you know, he did life energy work. Like, it's like we talk about chi and life energy and the movement of energy in the body. And I mean, he raised people from the dead. Like, like, come on. Like, are mm-hmm. you saying that he used different principles than he himself invented? Like, come on. Like, that that just, to me, that doesn't make a ton of sense. And um, anyway, I was going somewhere really awesome with that. And then um, I got stuck in my own... Yeah, I had lost it Mental too. Mental vortex. <laughs> oh, oh, the question I had was, why is it so scary for people to connect God with the universe? Yes. Yes. And I think the answer to that is this. I actually don't think it's that scary for most people. I think it is scary for the people who are the loudest people. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like you and I remember, like we both grew up working in radio and you remember um, 
probably this as well. I, I would get so frustrated when the program director I work with wouldn't play the songs that people were calling in and asking for. And finally, he said to me, he said, Kat, you need to understand that when people call in and ask for a song to be played on the radio, that that's representing less than 2% of the people who are actually listening to this radio station. So if we program this radio station for the 2% who are calling in, then we might be losing the other 98%, you know, so therefore we do research and, and all this kind of stuff. And I think that like, I actually don't think a lot of people, at least not, a, not a lot of people in my sphere are afraid of some of those things, but it's like, I feel like the, the, the evangelicals who you mentioned, the people who are loud on Facebook and, and the people who, you know, are afraid of this stuff. I just think that they're really loud. Yeah, I think so too. And, and honestly, um, I think they're also super old school in a lot of ways. Like, and I'm not mm -hmm. saying, you know, that that means you're not that you're in your fifties or sixties. I'm not saying that's an age thing. I'm saying like, the fact that you're afraid to have conversations or you immediately label them as new age because they are a little bit outside, you know, even you like, you know, you posted this week, you were charging your crystals. It's like, there is a hundred percent of people I could think of that would go, that's a little out there. It's a mm -hmm. little bit out there, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. like, why? Like if you actually go back to science, which I don't know that, they believe in science, but, um, if you go and actually look at, you know, I love the paranormal and I also love learning about the actual natural things that happen that people think are paranormal, but they're actually from the earth. Right. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. for instance, a lot of rocks and I can't think of what specific rock it is right now, but it's a stone that is found in nature. It actually holds energy. And so there's a theory um, like there's been some paranormal things that have happened like outdoors on mountains and things like that. And people are like, whoa, like there's some ghost activity or whatever, whatever. And a lot of the things is actually a presence of energy that can stay in that rock or that stone or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And sort of like what you would expect with a poltergeist, like there, there's a physical phenomenon that actually mm -hmm. happens that makes people feel like there's ghosts. Right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I, I don't know. Like, I just I, like, it seems like, and I guess part of it is as I get older, like it all expands because I'm like, I'm less afraid to say like, wait a minute, what if this and this actually mm -hmm. do go together? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a beautiful thing to be able to, I mean, the, the buzzword is deconstruct, but for me, I feel like it's actually pulling back layers and then seeing mm -hmm. like, Oh, this all does connect. You just have to get rid of a lot of the garbage that is more culture than it is actual belief. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point. Um, I learned something in, um, in a discussion that I was in this week um, from someone who um, is a doctor of clinical psychology. And uh, this person said that because of our human nature, we are, for, for lack of a better, she didn't use these words because she's smarter than this, but I'm paraphrasing it. She basically said like, like we are hardwired or trained to remember the negative and to fear things more than we remember the positive. And it, and it, and basically like that's a, that's because of a, a very, um, primal survival instinct. It's like, okay, so you don't die. You should be afraid of that thing that you don't understand because it might kill you. You know, well, like that's yeah. a, a very basic premise that we've even talked about before. And, you know, it, it happens today. It, it's like, oh my gosh, there's a thing that I don't understand and therefore I am afraid of it. And I think that that's something where if, if we try to stretch our minds and stretch our hearts a little bit and go, okay, there's a thing that I don't understand. Is it necessary that my first response is fear? Yeah. And sometimes it is. Or even judgment. Right. What comes first though? Is it, is it fear or judgment? I don't know. Like I said, I, I don't remember these things. Well, and let's think about it though. Like, okay, you're standing in the middle of your street and all of a sudden here comes screaming around the corner, a Mack truck. And you go, oh my gosh, I need to move or I'm going to die. So which came first, the fear or the judgment about the situation? Gotta be fear. I think so too. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think fear turns into judgment because it's a lot easier to say that's wrong and weird Mm -hmm. than to say, wow, is that an area that I could expand my thinking? Right. Um, I was going to tell you, Stacey Frenes, who we interviewed for her book, Love Makes Room, she mentioned in that interview a book by Barbara Brown Taylor called Holy Envy. And I just got it. And um, I haven't read it yet. But the tagline is finding God and the faith of others. And it's this idea. It's this idea that, Hmm. you know, I mean, I secretly don't tell anyone that I said this. okay? Okay. I secretly think that all the religions might actually be honoring and worshiping the same God. I think so, too. But don't tell anyone that. Okay. I won't say a word. Because they'll freak out, you know? Yeah. But I, I, I'm excited to dive into this book because I feel like it's going to really do that. It's going to say like, mm-hmm. hey, what about this? Is this something you, you know, might want to bring into your way of thinking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stacy um, shared that book with both of us. And I thought, oh, and she said to me, she's like, Kat, you have to read that. Like, I really think you're going to resonate with this. And I'm like, Stacy, I just like, <laughs> I said, not a good reader. So would you read it and give me the cliff notes? Yes. In fact, I could read it and record it and you could have a free audiobook. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Moose is on Audible. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! I would love that job too. Like oh my god, you'd be so audiobooks. good at it. But the problem is, I would put my own. I would l- overlay my own goofiness on it, you know. And I would just. I think I would have a lot of like inflections that they would be like, "You need to fix that. It's too." I, I think we're on to a thing. What do you mean? Like you can read all the books and add your goofiness and your inflections, and then I can listen to them read by you and I will fully understand and engage with reading. This is amazing. Will you do this? Sure. We can share it with patrons. Although that might be a copyright issue. Hmm. Come get us. I'll pray about it. Hey, you'll end up in jail again. We don't need that. (laughs) At least I know how to navigate the room where you do all your fingerprints and handprints. (laughs) Is that like a euphemism? Oh, I don't know. Is that how you got out? (laughs) Mm. (laughs) So I wanted, here's what I'm bringing to the podcast today. I'm bringing grief. Oh, Okay. Don't worry. I'm not going to just let you down because I believe Kat's going to bring you back up after I do that. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to, you know, eights. I'm an Enneagram eight. And for those of you who don't know what that means, we have a hard time being vulnerable. And mm-hmm. um, I had a friend tell me, you know, listen to the podcast a lot. And they were like, you know, you you'll sh- you'll make jokes. And, you know, that's my nature to like poke at myself or whatever. But uh, this person was saying, like, you know, maybe you could care- share something that's vulnerable. And I'm like, oh, is that not happening? Okay, great. <laughs> so I, I really this week, like, wanted to come with something. Um, And it was interesting because I had a friend text me today and her husband just had vocal cord surgery. He's a musician. And, um, you know, a lot of musicians deal with different kinds of things on the vocal cords. And he had the surgery and last night I just texted them. I was trying to encourage them. And, and one of the things she said back is like, Hey, Moose, um, I love that you are willing to sit with our family and the difficult stuff too. And not just the celebration. She's like, I have a lot of friends who don't really either know how to approach hard things with my family or they just kind of avoid it. And mm. I took that and I loved that, you know, because I'm very much the person that is happy to get in the middle of messy with somebody that I love um, and help figure things out. But so I'm going to share my own messy. Um, you know, it, it's it's nothing that our listeners don't know, but I had a full on sort of breakdown the other day. I kind of mentioned this earlier and um, and I was just like feeling sorry for myself, you know, and I think I'm not someone who does that often. And I was like boohooing and thankfully Sarah was around and, uh, you know, and I was sharing with her, I was like, sometimes it just sucks that both of my parents are dead, Hmm. you know? And it's like, Mm -hmm. obviously like that's ha ha, but like, I'm being serious. Like I I do kind of joke about it because it, it is what it is, you know, why not, why not get a laugh out of it? But 
my dad died when I was 29 years old. My mom died when I was 40 and or right before I turned 40, I think. So, you know, like by the time I'm 40, I have lost both of my parents. And, um, and it was interesting because like this morning I was taking a shower. I had a big meeting this morning. I had to prep for all day yesterday and I was just in the shower. And like the thing my mind went to was kind of thinking about that. Like it's hard to navigate life without your parents, you know, mm-hmm. like, and mm-hmm. honestly, like some of us get lucky that we have two great parents. Some of us get lucky when we have one. Other times people have stood in as our parents. So I recognize like no situation is the same. But, you know, I wasn't even like super close with my dad. But still, it's like I could have had later years to work some of that out. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like th- those mm-hmm. are the things that I kind of hoped for. Like as I was going in from from college to adulthood is when he started getting ill. And it was, you know just a lot of craziness. And, and although there is some relief that neither one of them are like fighting all the things that they were fighting in their health battles. Um, it just sucks sometimes not to be able to call your mom, you know, and it sucks. It sucks to be able to like not have a chance to like work on my relationship with my dad. Um, so, um, anyway, I got thinking about that and then it was interesting because I, I, you know, I was super close with my mom and, you know, I, I just kind of let my mind go wherever it was going to go after that. And the thing that came up is like, I just had a sense of relief for her in particular, because I started thinking about her life and, um, how hard it was, you know? Mm. And like, um, one time I was, um, visiting, uh, about every other year, my mom had a high school reunion where her and like her best friends from high school would get together and, uh, near P- metropolis illinois and um i would go with her and so i got to know these um amazing women that my mom grew up with and and i just can't believe they pictures themselves at like three and five years old and they've all <laughs> remained friends you know up until my mom passed away in her mid-70s and um i just can't imagine having friends that long like my longest mm-hmm. friend is from college and uh so i've gotten to know these ladies and had you know at the time i just thought i was helping my mom by escorting her to these events and you know i would have fun and stuff but now that she's gone i look back in those moments and i'm like i got to see my mom along with five or six of her best girlfriends and hear stories that i wouldn't have gotten heard had Mm -hmm. i not been you know fly on the wall and those things Mm -hmm. um but i got thinking and i was like you know one thing i am grateful for you know anyone who's experienced you know, loss has experienced grief and, you know, there's a million ways to get through it. And it just kind of keeps sneaking back up on you when you least expect it. Um, but I just had this moment for my mom where I was like, if it is possible that wherever she is next, if, if there is an afterlife and, um, her soul is there, like my mom is having the freaking time of her life. And like, (laughs) I'm not saying that to make myself feel better, But the last 15 years of my mom's life was really hard, you know, Mm -hmm. and as was the first 15 of her life. My mom got pregnant when she was very young. And, you know, my mom went through her parents, both being alcoholics, to having to take care of her brother, you know, at a very young age. Like when I went to one of those um, reunions, we went and she showed me where she lived. And then we went about three blocks away. And she said, when I was like seven and eight. I would bring her brother to this cafe and that's where we would eat dinner. She's talking about her and her brother at like eight Mm. years old. Like that was the life that she had because her parents were drinking all the time, you know? Wow. And, um, and it's just so sad. And then her, her father was, I mean, I hate to use the word murdered, but he was, um, and it's something that was unsolved and, and overlooked in a lot of ways. Um, you know, and so, here she had all this trauma at the beginning of her life. She had two kids before she was 18 and then two more kids in her late thirties, which is a whole other mess, right? (laughs) You think you're done and you're like, what have I done? I'm going through it again. But I just had a moment where I was like, you know what? Like, yes, I miss her and I still feel her and all those things. But like, I'm also like really glad she's not struggling Mm. anymore, you know? Mm. And so that's all the stuff I'm feeling this week. And then I had a friend, um, our friend Ruthie, um, who you know and love. Um, I always hit her up and say, is there anything you should think we should talk about on the podcast? And she said, um, 
she's like, I think you should talk about going through hard things in life and still having to like operate, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, you know, she had something recently happen that, um, you know, w- was difficult. She just had to like kind of keep going. And you know how yeah. that is. Like we've, you and I have been through a million different things, but she's like, I would liken it to having lost your parent and then having to plan their funeral. Yeah. And I thought that was such a good analogy of like mm-hmm. all of us. Like we have so many amazing listeners. We have a listener who has, you know, a son on the spectrum and, you know, it has all this other life happening. And it's like, we learn to normalize everything that we're all going through and feeling mm-hmm. and still operating. And yet I just want to give a collective round of applause to all of us for being human because that sucks sometimes to like yeah. have all this emotion and still have to go to work and operate mm-hmm. and continue to have healthy relationships, you know, among us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, I just wanted to share that little piece that, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's sort of that, um, that comment of, um, you know, be kind because you don't know what everyone is going through, you know? Right, right. Man, that's really beautiful, Moose. Thank you for sharing all of that and for being so vulnerable. I'd, um, if, if I may share just a tiny bit of, of perspective on something that you said, um, you talked about your mom and the, the difficult things that she went through in her life. Um, I would like to to reflect on what an absolute spark of a human that your mom was like, what an absolute radiant, wonderful, hilarious, vivacious, smart ass, intelligent, all of the things, all of the things. And, and like, you would not be you without her having those experiences. Oh, for sure. I mean, emphasis on smart ass, first of all. (laughs) And she would be laughing right now if she was listening. Um, Yeah, it's crazy. It's just it's it's the oddest thing to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm I'm like emotional as I talk about this because it's like. It's so bizarre that we get put together with people that we don't know who happen to be our families. And I said this to my friend the other day. Sometimes. (laughs) people in our families would not be our friends if they weren't part of our bloodline you know what i'm saying (laughs) right (laughs) uh and you know that was not the case for my mom my mom and my mom my sister and i were just the you know either the three stooges or the three musketeers or some some threesome Mm -hmm. in the most platonic way um (laughs) and you know it's like it's bizarre sometimes that like and i know that my pain is not unique it is something we all, you know, have, have walked through. People have lost their children at a young age and like all this stuff. And it's like, there's like a magic and a sadness at the same time, which I guess is the yin yang, not the yin yang of like, <laughs> Thank um, you. you know, of like, here we are and we don't know how long we get, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we don't, and hopefully we have multiple lives or we live really great lives in heaven or elsewhere. But like, we really don't know how long we get. And I think there is a, I, I think it is um, mysterious is the only word I can come up with of like, mm-hmm. you know, as someone who doesn't have my mom accessible anymore, you know, it's like, it's an amazing thing to just honor the time we did have. And I'm, I like have never regretted. I know you and your mom do this too. I've never regretted. Um the spontaneous trips, even the uh-huh. one where we went to the Dominican Republic for one and a half days <laughs> <laughs> when she got so sick. <laughs> yeah, she got so sick. It was throwing up. And so I booked us first class on the way home because I thought she'd be close to the bathroom. She was fine on the way home, but it was a that one was a bit of a shit show. My sister probably shaking her head right now. But, you know, it's like I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. And yet it's like, you know, it all it all goes by so fast. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm, I've been drinking or something and like, you know, I'm just going into the spiral. Can you pull us out? I have, I haven't been drinking. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if I want to pull us out as much as I feel like, and it makes me a little bit teary as much as I want to sit here with you in it. Yeah. You know, my therapist said when we were chatting recently, she said, um, I think the reason that 
you want to intellectualize this is because you don't want to sit with your feelings about it, you know? And I think that, um, you know, not, not that we want to just sit here and cry with everybody that's listening. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I mean, please cry with us. If you, if if you're in a safe place where you can have tears and not run off the road, please, please do that with us. Um, but, but yeah, I just want to, I want to sit here with you, Moose, because I love you so much. And, um, I love the essence and who your mom was and I love your sister. And gosh, I think about my own mom and my sister and, you know, the loss of my dad when I, when I was in my twenties and, and the void that I feel like that has left. And, and then at the same time, it's like, I, I, I can't, I just can't control it. I can't control it. I can't yeah. fix it. I can't 100% heal from it. I just gotta, I just gotta live through it and we just gotta live through it. And thank God, thank God that we have other people in our lives who love and support us. Yeah, it's true. And you know, it's funny. Um, my therapist before this one, <laughs> the one I helped retire, um, <laughs> I remember when my mom was still alive and, um, she had had, um the stroke that ultimately i was on january 1st new year's day nothing like that um and i I was talking to my therapist and my mom was in bad shape and i said uh i I don't think she's i don't know if she's gonna make it and you know um she was what are you afraid of and i said you know that the other shoe is gonna drop and she just looked at me i've talked about this before and she said it is gonna drop and I was so mad at her at the time because mm. I was like, that's not what you say to somebody right. who's fearful of someone dying. You don't right. say that, man. Right. And yet, um, you know, her point was not even prepare yourself, but eventually the other shoe drops. Like these mm-hmm. things happen. Right. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if my mom was going to live and recover or if my mom was going to live, you know, another day, whatever. Um, but it it just was a moment for me um to just recognize like you you can survive things that you don't think you could survive. Yeah. When I was 16 years old, my mom had me when she was 39. So we you know, she was older than all my other mom all my other friends' moms. And when I was 16, my mom had to call an ambulance because I was she thought I was having a heart attack. I was now I know I was having a panic attack and my mom was getting ready to turn 50 and I thought that was very old (laughs) and I was just in my emotions and I had such a crying fit and then a panic attack where my chest was hurting. So they ended up calling an ambulance. They came and checked on me and all that. And, uh, they were like, what's going on? Like what emotionally is upsetting you? And I said, I'm afraid my mom's going to die. I was 16 years old, you Mm -hmm. know? And, Mm -hmm. you know, 25 years later, she does. And, you know, that that pain I carried with me that whole time, like I knew Mm -hmm. that that one woman in my life would help me through anything, anything, even if she even if she couldn't, you know, fix it, she would be there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm really embarrassed. I'm crying this much. Um, But anyway, I, I mean, like, I guess the thing I do want to like put the rainbow or the the happy smiley thing at the end is it's pretty amazing what we can survive mm, it it is amazing what we can survive and and it is also amazing the capacity um that we have to experience and feel and going back to some of the stuff you were saying earlier about you know, the universe and nature and the solar system and all of that. It's, it, it's like there, there is quite a capacity, um, for us to feel and, and for our feelings to be held. And then we have each other too. And that, that is really huge and really awesome. And it, it makes me think about things that you have to survive through. Have you ever been stung on the tongue by a hornet? What in the hell? No. Have you? No. Oh, yes, I have. (laughs) You're talking about you're talking about your mom and it made me think of my mom and you talk about spontaneous trips. And um, we had a family reunion down in Florida and this is a really long time ago. Um, And my mom had just had um, a pretty substantial surgical procedure. 
And she was well enough to still travel. And her doctor had said, um, I want you to get out of the car. You know, I think it was every 45 minutes or every hour or something like that to keep moving around so you don't develop blood clots or whatever. And so my mom was like, this is going to be a long ass drive down to Florida um, and we're going to do it together. And I was like, I'm in for it. You know, so a drive that would normally take seven hours, I think it ended up taking us like 16 hours to get from <laughs> North Alabama to, you know, the panhandle of Florida. And we were at this rest stop outside of Birmingham and, um, uh, I had bought a soda and I think it was like a diet sun kissed or something like that. Anyway, <laughs> I was drinking this soda and, um, and it was so delicious and so cold. And I'm like, Oh, this is wonderful. And we're sitting on the park bench and, and then my mom gets up and walks around a little bit and we're like, okay, cool. It's time to get back in the car and go another 30 miles before, you know, we have to get out of the car and do this all over again. And as we get back on the interstate and we're going like a hundred miles an hour with all the other cars, I'm driving and I take a sip of my drink. And before I know it, this most enormous, immense, horrifically awful pain happens in my mouth. And I'm like, bah, 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 bah. like, what's going on? Oh my and gosh. a hornet had gotten into my soda and I had taken a swallow and I had almost swallowed the hornet <gasps> and it stung me multiple times on my tongue. <laughs> oh was... my gosh. That would be, <laughs> did your tongue swell up? My tongue did swell up and my eyes swelled up and my eyes watered and I had to like pound the Benadryl and I mean, like it was some of the worst pain I have ever felt. And yet my mom and I just got the best laugh out of it because we can go, well, now we've experienced being stung on the tongue by a hornet. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would scare the crap out of me. But imagine how it scared that hornet. It's like, it's like, it's like Jonah in the belly of the whale. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Hornet. I hope that you are living your best life as a praying mantis in some jungle somewhere and really enjoying your life and not fearing being trapped in my mouth, which is apparently the belly of a whale. <laughs> I didn't mean to call you a whale. <laughs> I didn't mean to call you a whale. That is not I what mean, I meant. I mean, I am relatively large and wearing a, a, an indigo blue today. <laughs> That is, okay, speaking of Jonah and the belly of the whale, and I didn't have this in my notes at all, but speaking of what people believe and what they don't believe, how are people willing to believe that there was like a flood all over the earth that Jonah, <laughs> that, wait, who is that guy? Um, <laughs> Noah's Ark. That Noah put two by two of every animal on the ark and, and the whole thing flooded and then everybody is, you know, everything comes back to normal and then a you know, Jonah's in the whale and then Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego are in the fire. Like all of those things seem crazy mm -hmm. yet acceptable. They do. And, and a friend of mine said the other day um, something along the lines of when you start talking about how historical texts and even historical, quote unquote, religious texts, when you question, could they possibly be storytelling and poetry in order to communicate a real life circumstance, people lose their minds. Lose like it. people. It's like, well, then you're saying the Bible is not true. And it's like, no, I'm not saying the Bible is not true. But let's be specific. Like, are, are, are we really can we even fit into the belly of a whale? Yes, I do think that's possible. Um, and at the same time, it's like, why is it so hard for us to consider that that maybe this is a human being? Being's way, like, do you remember um, that movie? It was, it was obviously first a book and then a movie called The Secret Life of Pi. Yes, yes. And to me, like, that was a great example of why I think stories like that from religious texts could be exactly that. They're like allegories. They're like things that depict what really happened, but because they were so horrific and because they were so painful, the only way to communicate what happens is through poetry and storytelling and imagery. And I just don't think that needs to be that scary. What about when the movie sh and the book The Shack came out? Oh, yeah, man. My friend uh, music supervised that. Oh, yeah. God forbid that Jesus or the Lord or the Holy Spirit be a beautiful black woman. 
Yeah, come on. I'm all for that. I believe Me it's true. Too. That that story rocked my world. I remember just the way that they honored like the feminine of the Holy Spirit. Like yeah. it, the way that, you know, she sort of sought after that guy. It was just mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah, really, really beautiful. Welcome to the Christian podcast, everyone, where we review <laughs> Christian movies. <laughs> oh, my God. That could be our new shorties. <laughs> Reviewing Christian movies. That would mean that we actually have to watch them. No, never mind. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> no, thanks. No, Mama's solid on that one. <laughs> Love you, Moose. Love you. Producer Sarah Reed. To find out more, go to catandmoosepodcast.com. Cat and Moose is a BP production.